Good evening. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're excited to have you with us. Uh, let's start our service tonight in song. So if you will, stand and join us, and let's sing together.
birth of Jesus Christ. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quinarius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judareth, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was his child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling claws and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him in the inn.
Thank you. Thank you very much. Good evening to all, and I wish you a very Merry Christmas. I'm Wink Jingleman. Tonight, we're going to begin our time by selecting the most important person at Christmas. We're going to need your help in making... Yes. I am going to need your help in selecting this important decision. We'll bring out different people who we see doing things around Christmas, and you will applaud for the one you think is the most important person to the season. So let's get going. Here is our first contestant. Here we have that daily deliverer. Dressed in his dapper brown suit, just the sight of him walking up to your front door sends Christmas chills down your spine as you anticipate what might be in the abundant packages that he carefully balances in his arms. Let's hear it for the UPS man. Hello, UPS man. Uh, just call me Ups. Well, hello, Ups. Well, hi. Oh, uh, are you a Mr. Um, Jingleman? I'm Wink Jingleman. Will you sign here? These, these packages are for you. you oh, you know but they're in perfect shape. Come well, on. I really would rather not. Fine. Tell us, Mr. Ups, tell us why you are the most important person at Christmas. Oh, why sure. Well, let's see. I have so many names here, it's hard to keep track. Without me, you wouldn't get any of your presents to put under the tree in time. I zigzag along the sidewalks in record time and move so slowly that your packages arrive in perfect condition. Just see how this just, it's beautiful, just the sound. Well, also, I don't think that Christmas could ever happen without my talents, and that is why I think that I am the most important person at Christmas. Well, let's hear it once again for the UPS man. <laughs> now let's see our next contestant. Who could it be? Oh yes, it's the Salvation Army Ringer. And here we have the Salvation Army Ringer. With the tintinabulation of the bells, he rings 24 seven through the holiday season. Yes, we're all moved to tears every time we approach a department store before Christmas and hear those carols sung with such gusto and Feel the breeze of the collection bucket wave before our turning faces. Let's hear it again for the Salvation Army Ringer. Hello, Salvation Army Ringer. Thank you. Okay. All right. Will you stop that? Was it, was it pink? You I'm Wink Jingleman. Jink Wingleman. Wink Jingleman. You don't have to yell. I, I, ha I, lost I do. My, I lost my hearing. I, I have this ringing in my ears. It's been there for a long time. My I wonder why. wife thinks I'm deaf. I'm not. Well, tell us, Ringer, why are you the most important person at Christmas? Well, Pink, I'd love to. Who's Pink? I mean, Jink. I'm Wink Jingleman. <laughs> Wink. Wink. All right. I'd love to. I'm the constant reminder to give freely. And besides that, I've got a beautiful voice. Want to hear it? All right. All right, we'll give you a little. Take this, Gabe Parker. 
Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go. That's good enough. Well, that anyway. Was good. Was that good? That was pretty good. All right. I, nobody's ever asked me to be in the choir. But, uh, anyway, uh, uh, yeah, my, my constant, the singing and the ringing and just all that energy, it just when people see me out there, their, their hearts, the, their rate picks up, their pace quickens. And they dig into their pockets and they pull out those pennies and nickels. That's why I'm the most important person at Christmas. Okay, well, let's give it up one more time for the Salvation Army Ringer. And here comes our next contestant. I can't wait to see who it is. Oh, yes, it's the ballerina from the Nutcracker Suite. How can we make it through Christmas without the beautiful prancing of the ballerina and the nutcracker? Tiptoeing daintily across the snow-laden pass, she reminds us of visions of sugar plums that dance in our heads. We're left with images of tiaras and tutus leaping and lunging to the sounds of Tchaikovsky. Let's hear it for the Christmas Ballerina! Hello, ballerina! Yes, that's beautiful. Um, thank you. Can, can you talk? Oh yes, sorry. We were just never asked to speak. Well, I would like to know why you think you are the most important person at Christmas. That is easy. I am the one you dream about as a hop, skip, and boogie on the stage with toy soldiers and mice. No Christmas is complete without the Nutcracker. Look at me. I'm a snowflake. Now I'm a flower. Now I'm a sugar plum fairy. See, you'll never be able to get these images out of your head. You are right about that. That is why I am the most important person at Christmas. Well, let's hear it once again for the Christmas Ballerina. And now for our next contestant. I think I hear her coming now. Would you stop touching your sister? Let's see who it is. Well, and here we have your mom. <laughs> yes, that dear loving servant of the Christmas season who was always in the kitchen whipping up your favorite sugar cookies and fruit cake and hot chocolate. Dressed in her bright apron, she is flocked with flour from head to toe and juggles the spoons and measuring cups as if choreographed by Santa himself. Let's give a round of, a round of applause to your mother. Hey, Mom! Um, do I know you? You don't look like any child of mine. Sorry, I was just calling you Mom to represent all of our wonderful mothers! Are you a Christmas scam or something? No! I'm the announcer, Wink Jingleman! <laughs> we were wondering why you think you are the most important person at Christmas! Oh, well, you're talking to the right person here. Without me, there'd be no Christmas at all. I'm in the kitchen the entire month of December and I'm busy through the Amazon website. I don't stop cooking until Christmas morning. Why, those reindeer footprints are still fresh when I pull the last pan of Christmas pudding out of the oven. Turkey, stuffing, eggnog, none of that would ever be possible without me. Ooh, that eggnog sounds good. Sorry, buddy, keep your hands off. The last class is all mine. You can have a fruitcake. Yes, I'm the most important person at Christmas. Well, let's hear it for your mother.
Well, I think that's all of the contestants in tonight's program. So I think we're ready to select the most important person at Christmas. Oh, this is exciting. You know, I remember when I was a child and we used to do this back at... Oh, what? What are you doing? We're right in the middle of selecting who is the most important person at Christmas. Are you, are you sure you haven't considered everyone yet? I think there's one important person out there. Well, surely we have all the important people of Christmas represented here. Just look. <laughs> I think you missed one. The most important one. Well, who could that be? Well, there's a baby that was born over 2,000 years ago in a town of Bethlehem. He, he was sent by God from our sins. He is our Messiah, our Lord, and our Savior. He is Jesus. When without him, we definitely would not have Christmas. Huh. We did not think of him. <laughs> I'll have to check with our audience tonight. I'm leaving it up to you. If you think Jesus is the most important person at Christmas, applaud loudly. Well, this is exciting. I think I understand now. Jesus is the most important person at Christmas. Let's join together and worship him now. Oh, 
Everybody. If we haven't met, my name is Ryan, one of the pastors here at New Hope. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship uh, this evening. And Merry Christmas to you all. Tonight is a, a very special night that uh, we have together, and, and we're going to be celebrating the birth of Christ. I mean, it's such a special time of year, isn't it? It's a time where we, we have the trees, and we have the lights, and, 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 and the gifts, and, and ugly Christmas sweaters, and, and all of that and more. But tonight is about one thing. It's about Jesus. It's about celebrating the most incredible moment in all of history. The Son of God stepping into creation, being born as a human so that he could pay the price for us in going to the cross. A, a baby who was born to die. That's what we celebrate this evening together. You know, several years ago, Queen Elizabeth traveled uh, from England to the United States, and with her came over 4,000 pounds of luggage. Now, some of you have kids in college, you're like, that's nothing. I cart that every semester, you know, back and forth for my kids. But 4,000 pounds of luggage. She had two outfits for every occasion. Uh, she had a morning outfit just in case somebody died. She had uh, attendants. She had a hairdresser. She had uh, all kinds, I mean, valets, and her trip cost over 20 million dollars just coming for this brief trip to the United States. But you know, that's how royalty travels, isn't it? But then you contrast that with the king of kings and how he stepped into his own creation, how he came in such humble circumstances, how, how Jesus stepping into his own creation didn't come to be served, but, but to serve others, who was born to teenage parents in a, in a backwoods village away from home where there was no place for them, wrapped in rags after the birth, laid in a feeding trough. I think sometimes we can marvel at the birth of Jesus and the humble circumstances in which he was born. And I think as we consider Jesus and we consider Christmas, I think there's lots of different reactions that we can have from, uh, as we think about it. And I want to look at this evening at a couple different reactions about Christmas. And I have a hunch that all of us this evening are going to connect with one of these places this, this evening. But before we get there, I just want to see in the audience, I know we have some kids tonight, right? So kids, raise your hand if you've got any kids out there. You've got a few hands. Okay, how many of you kids are excited for Christmas? Okay, hands are still up. Okay, I am too. Now, kids, you have a big job this evening, okay? So here's your job this evening is to make sure mom and dad stay alert, right? Stay awake. If they start nodding off thinking about eggnog or something like that, you got to throw an elbow at them, okay? Make sure they stay with us, okay? You got your job down? Okay, I'll check in with you from time to time, kids. Make sure you're doing okay this evening. We're glad you're with us here in the, in the service. So here's the first way that people oftentimes respond to Christmas, the word is this, it's apathy. 
Now, you kids, you're probably out there wondering, like, apathy, what in the world is that? Apathy means that you just don't care very much. And sometimes when it comes to Christmas and it comes to the, the birth of Jesus, and even Jesus as a person, there's some apathy there. I want to look at one group of people in the New Testament that they had that kind of response to the first Christmas. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there or just follow along the screen behind me. That's fine. In Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 4, check out what it says. It says that when he, now he is referring to the king at that time. King Herod is his name. When he, or King Herod, had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judah, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. I want to pause here real quick. This is quite the scene here. So you have this setting. Is at the time that Jesus was born, there was a tremendous uh, um, excitement about a Messiah coming. There was, there was a certain buzz going around that this might be the time the Messiah comes. We would call it front page news. People were talking about this. And it seemed like it had everybody's attention but this group of people. It had the king's attention. The king didn't want another king to be born anywhere in his region. So he calls together the religious leaders. And he asked them the question, he says, so this, this, I'm not Jewish, you are, so this Messiah that's supposed to be born, where is he going to be born? And you notice they answered the question really easily, didn't they? They said Bethlehem. It wasn't even hard for them. And then just to show how much they knew, how much Bible knowledge they have, they cite the Old Testament prophecy from Micah chapter 5 verse 2. Super impressive. This group knew all the details about what was going on. They had it all down. They had all the information, all the, all the data, if you will. But there was something about this group that's odd and off. Because after this account, you never see the religious leaders again until 30 years later when Jesus is an adult and begins his ministry. It's almost like they give the news that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. They knew the prophecies. They knew what was going on, but they never checked it out themselves. They never took the moment to walk five miles south to go to Bethlehem to see for themselves, is this true? But you know, sometimes this can relate to some of us, can't it? I think sometimes this can connect to where we're at because sometimes we, we, we get busy. Sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we get complacent or we have, we have good intentions about things that we want to do, spiritually speaking, or growth in our relationship with God, and there's just sometimes not much follow-through. Reminds me of a story I heard, a story about a town. And in this town, only ducks lived. And every Sunday, ducks would get up and they'd walk out of their duck house and they'd waddle down Main Street and they'd waddle into their duck church and they would sit in their duck pews and out would come the duck choir and they would, they would quack their hymns and you know, their, their songs there. And then would come the duck pastor who'd open the duck Bible and begin to read from the scriptures and encourage the people. And he would tell the people, the, the, the pastor duck would say to them all, he'd say, ducks, you're ducks. You have wings. God has provided you wings. You are built to fly, not just waddle. No fence can hold you. No barrier can contain you. Ducks, leave this place and fly. And to which all the ducks would quack out, amen. Get up, and they'd waddle out. Nothing would ever change. And sometimes we can be like the ducks, where we have these wings, where God has called us to so much more than how life looks in that moment. 
He's called us to more. I want to share with you another verse in the book of James. James chapter 1, verse 22. Look with me at this verse, just on the screen behind. This is a convicting verse. It says this. It says, do not merely listen or do not only listen to the word. Now, that word listen is unique in the Greek. The word means literally to audit. Anybody in college ever audit a class? What does that mean? That means you're present, you're in the room, but you're not a part of the class. You don't actually do anything. You don't do the assignments. You don't participate in any meaningful way. You're just kind of present hanging out. That's what the word means. It's saying here, do not merely audit or just listen to the word, meaning the Bible, and so deceive yourself. And here's the convicting four words. Rather do what it says. There's the challenge right there. And I don't know about you, but we, for several weeks, we've been talking about uncluttered Christmas and making room for Jesus. And it's easy to miss Jesus at Christmas and miss all the busy. You know what it's also? It's also easy to miss Jesus during the year, isn't it? It's easy to get busy. It's easy to get distracted and complacent. It's easy to miss the real focus of what life is really about and making room for him, not just at Christmas, but all 12 months of the year. See, I'm convinced of this, that when we really get Christmas, it changes everything. All of a sudden, Christmas isn't just an event, it's a lifestyle. It becomes something so much bigger once we understand the implications and we really grasp the idea that God, the Son of God, stepped into creation putting on flesh, born again, as we already mentioned, in humble circumstances, born in order later to die, as I mentioned earlier, putting on flesh, living the life we couldn't live, dying a death that we wouldn't die in order to pay the penalty for our sins. That's an incredible thought. It's an incredible thing to consider. The Bible calls it grace. Grace is getting something that we don't deserve. And that's what this is really about. It's about getting something that none of us have earned and we don't deserve and we can never repay. Grace. And grace is so different than the ways of the world, isn't it? It's so opposite. I mean, if you think about it, the world gives us Santa to give presents to those that are good. But God provides Jesus to meet those and heal those that are bad, broken, and needy. That's the difference the gospel story of Jesus coming on a search and rescue mission for every single one of us. But sometimes, again, apathy just grips our lives. It forms our habits and patterns, and it can be hard to break out of. But maybe where you're at this evening, you can connect with that place. But there's another place that we see in Scripture that people responded to the birth of Jesus in that first Christmas. And the word we're going to use today for that is adoration. So we had apathy and adoration. Now, kids, are you still with me? Doing a good job. Okay, so adoration. Are your parents staying awake? So I see some shaking heads. Okay, good. Okay. So adoration means to worship God with all that you have and all that you are. That's what we're talking about here. Now, King Herod, he interacted with this group of religious leaders, but he also later interacted with another group, another group, the wise men. I want to take a moment just to look at them as we begin to wrap up this morning, this evening, that is. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Look with me at this. It says this. It says that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who was to be born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. 
Now, I want us to notice two things about this group of magi or wise men, same group. Two observations. First, notice that they searched. Now, we don't know much about this group, but we know that there was something that intrigued them enough. The star, they followed it to come and make this journey. This journey was costly. This journey was inconvenient. But here they make this long journey to come to find out who this new king was. They wanted to discover for themselves who he was. And maybe tonight some of you can relate to that. Maybe tonight you're in a place where you're kind of searching too and wondering. Maybe you're in a place where, where you're just kind of checking out Jesus for the first time. Or maybe you're in a place where the last time you were in church it was maybe last Christmas or it's been several years. If you're in that place this evening, I want to say thank you for coming tonight. And I want to encourage you with everything I have to continue the search. Don't stop. Continue to look, continue to ask questions, continue to probe and to, to say, is this book true? Is it really true? Did it really happen? Is Jesus who he really said that he was? I want to also just encourage you too that if that's where you're at this evening, that starting in 2019, we have a special class called Explore that we're going to be launching that deals exactly with where you're at in that place where you can come and ask questions and, and interact with people and try to find some answers if that's where you're at this evening. So we have, we have the wise men. They searched. And the second thing that they did was they worshiped. Look with me at Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. It says, On coming to the house... They saw the, the wise men. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. And when they opened their treasures, then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, a gift for a king, of incense, which is a gift symbolic for a priest, and of myrrh, which was used for embalming, symbolizing the sacrifice that Jesus would become for each one of us. These wise men come and they, they, they worship, they adored the, 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 the child and they presented him with the gifts that they had. And I want to ask this evening, you don't have necessarily gold and frankincense and myrrh, so what is the gift that God wants from each one of us? What, what do we bring to him this Christmas evening? And the answer to the gift that he wants most is you. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your love. He wants your time, your talents. He wants your plans and your dreams and your ambitions. He wants you just to lay it all before him so that he can take it and he do something marvelous with it. That, that's what it looks like to adore him. This example that we see from the wise men, that maybe this is where you're at this Christmas. That this Christmas is about worshiping the Son of God, Jesus, Savior of the world. And so I want to ask this evening, where are you at this Christmas? Maybe for you, you're at a place of apathy. Maybe you're at a place of searching. Or maybe you're at a place of adoration. Regardless of where you're at, again, I want to just say it again, I'm so glad that you're here. There was a story that, that came out several years ago. Maybe you remember Larry King. I don't think he's on TV anymore, but the great interviewer. And he would interview all kinds of people. Well, one time Larry King was interviewed. And they asked him the question, they said, Larry, if you could interview anybody, not just alive today, but anybody in all of human history, who would you interview? And he said, that's easy. The person I would interview is Jesus Christ. They said, okay, interesting. Okay, so, so Jesus, now if you could ask him one question to get an answer to, what one question would you ask Jesus then? And he said, again, that's not hard. Here's my question. He said, I would want to know 
with the virgin birth was real. That's what I want to know. He said, because if it's real, that changes everything. Larry's right. He's absolutely right. If it really happened, and the scriptures are clear that it did, that changes everything. Absolutely everything. Because here's the bottom line. Last verse for this evening. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. It says this, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And here it is, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son And you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. There it is. Changes everything. And it has changed all of human history from that point on. We even mark our calendars by it. It has completely and radically revolutionized and continues to do so today with billions of people around the world of how people live, how people die, how people treat one another, what it means to worship. It has changed absolutely everything. Billions of people this evening around the world and tomorrow night as well celebrating and worshiping and adoring for good reason that Jesus is the Son of God born into all creation. And we get to join in being a part of that this evening. Again, Christmas, it's not just an event. I mean, it is that. And it's special. And it's a wonderful time of year. But Christmas is also a lifestyle of saying, I'm going to follow him and love him and adore him with everything I have every day of my life. And here's my hope as we close this evening. My hope is that when you consider the birth of Jesus, along with his death, which comes in Easter, and we celebrate that as well, but when you consider the birth of Jesus, that it would end any question in your mind that God loves absolutely loves you. He loves you enough to come for you. He loves you enough to seek you. He loves you enough to leave the comforts of heaven, the throne room of heaven, the presence of God to be born in the circumstances he did, to take on human nature, to live the life he lived, to go to the cross for each and every one of us. What I want to do this morning is just together, we're just going to pray for a moment and tell God thank you. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. And then we're going to continue to worship as we close this evening together. Would you pray with me? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of Jesus that for a moment this evening that we could marvel at what you've accomplished, that your son would be born into creation, that he would would come in such humble circumstances not to be served but to serve others, that he would be a child born in order to die. Father, this evening we tell you thank you. This evening we worship you. And again, wherever we're at in our spiritual journey, Father, I pray that you would lead us, love us, that that this Christmas we would know beyond a shadow of doubt that you are real, that you are on the throne, that you're doing something good in this world. And we thank you that we get to be a part of that. So Father, we love you. We commit the rest of this evening and this Christmas to you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we continue our, our service today, we're going to take offering here in a moment. Um, and that, that has two parts. The first is this connection card. So if like Pastor Ryan said, if you're searching at all, if you have questions, 
if you want to continue talking to Ryan or to one of us, um, go ahead and put your name and email down here, and we'd love to connect with you. If this is your first time, if you're searching for a church, go ahead and do that. Um, the other thing we do with the connection cards is it's an opportunity for us to pray for you. We did that with our Tree of Hope, and we're going to continue. That's not just something we do one month out of the year. That's something we have a, a group of people that just commit to praying for this congregation. If you have something that you would like on here, go ahead and fill that out. The third's a little bit more lighthearted. Um, we, we have a little bit of a staff, uh, I wouldn't say a bet. There's no money on the line, but there is a little bit of pride. Uh, we're looking for favorite Christmas movies. So if you do fill this out, if you drop your um, name on there and fill out your favorite, circle your favorite Christmas movie. The other thing we're doing um, in just a moment is we're going to take our offering. And our offering tonight is, is going to go for a something a little bit different. Um, for those of us who have been around New Hope for the past six months, New Hope is a church that is seeking to love Adele. We've done days where we've just gone out into the community. Um, we went caroling just the other day. Um, but that takes resources. And so what we're doing with this offering tonight is it's specifically going for outreach in 2019. It's, uh, it's not something we have a line item budgeted for, but it's something that we have, feel is important. And so this offering is going to be specifically for that. Um, so I'll close in prayer, and we'll go ahead and take the offering. Dear Heavenly Father, I just, again, thank you for, for you coming, Lord, just for the, the majesty and just the humility that it took for you to come, Lord. Um, I pray that we would just live Christmas out as a lifestyle, not just as a season, Lord. pray this in your name. Amen. Did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new this child that you deliver will soon deliver you oh mary did you know that your baby boy would give sight to the blind man mary did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hand. Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels try? And when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Oh, Mary, did you know? Oh, Mary, did you know? Oh, 
deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will lead, the dumb will speak, the praises of your baby boy will one day rule the nations. Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect land? And the sleeping child you're holding is the great years ago, this very night, something remarkable happened. In Austria, a guy named Joseph Moore, he was a priest at St. Nicholas Church. And on this night, 200 years ago, this very evening, he sat in his church and he was completely discouraged. Legend has it that mice had eaten through the organ or something of that effect and it broke. And he was contemplating that there would be no music the next day for Christmas Eve when they'd come together to worship. And in his discouragement, he remembered a poem that he had written several years earlier. And so he went home and grabbed the poem, and he went to his friend Franz Gruber's house, who was a musician, and he said, look, can, can you do something with this? And so they sat down together, and they worked on it, and he put some, Franz put some music to this poem that Joseph had written earlier. And they took that, and together the very next night, they went to St. Nicholas's church. And as they all gathered together, similar to this, they pulled out a guitar, shocked everybody. Just didn't do that back then. And they pulled out a guitar and they, they sat down and they began to pluck out this song. And the audience there, the congregation that night sat just completely amazed at what they had heard for the very first time. A song called Silent Night. 200 years ago, tonight was written and performed tomorrow night for Christmas Eve. The crowd, the congregation that is, broke into applause, and people have been singing it and applauding for, for centuries since, as we're going to do this very evening. If you have, or hopefully you have, your candle you received when you came in. If you don't have one, you can raise your hand, and we have ushers that will get you um, candles. And kids, you have either your, your candle, or maybe you have a glow stick. Glow sticks are super cool, so you can crack your glow stick right now if you'd like. But we're going to take a moment and we're going to sing that song that was sung 200 years ago, Silent Night, together. And in just a moment, if I can light this, we're going to have ushers coming around as well. And they're going to help light these candles. And we're doing this for a reason, to symbolically symbolize as we're worshiping and celebrating the birth of Jesus. The light representing that Jesus is the light of the world, who has stepped into the dark world that we live in, the, the world of hurt and pain and brokenness, and yet Jesus comes as the light into the darkness. And we celebrate that evening, again, the gift that that is. And we remember as well 
that we're called to be lights. We're called to leave from this place and to also, not necessarily a candle, but our very lives be that bright light for other people in a dark world. That's our commission. That's our privilege. And so as the flame is coming around, you can grab that. Make sure you keep the flame upright so no wax drips on you. That could hurt. your lighted candle. Let's worship together. Let's sing Silent Night.
time here tonight in our worship to celebrate Jesus' birth. At this time, I'd like you guys to take a look at the happenings that's going on in this amazing church for 2019. We got a lot of great stuff going on, and we invite you to come back and share 2019 with us. We have a great sermon series that's going to start in January. We have small groups that are going to be starting up in January, and we got some dynamite things planned. We would love to see you, all of you, come back and join us in 2019. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. We have a very special treat for you. We're going to have a chocolate bar. It's a flavored hot chocolate bar. So as we close tonight with Go Tell It on the Mountain, go tell it on the mountain, go enjoy some hot chocolate, and rock out Christmas. Thank you. Thanks for staying to join us. Have a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy some hot chocolate.